All right, so listen, it was a tough week uh, at the office for NAR. A lot of things happening, and so in this in this episode, we're going to unpack all the moving parts of what happened uh, last week, all right? So I'm going to jump right in, and first I want to talk about Remax being the third major firm to distance itself from NAR just last week. So you got Redfin. You got Anywhere and all their affiliates, and now you've got Remax all coming out and um, essentially deciding to to distance themselves from the National Association of Realtors. And so in in the recent article that just came out, it just said, like Anywhere, Remax said that its brokerages can now decide for themselves whether or not they join the National Association of Realtors, making it the third major real estate firm to distance itself from NAR this week alone. So I want to first talk about this, and then there's a lot of other things that we'll cover uh, in just a minute. The question that I have that, Ben, you and I were talking about over the weekend, and Dominic, I'm, I'm curious to kind of get your thoughts on this, is I think the challenge that NAR has is this idea around what value are you providing the real estate agents? Like, truly. I know it, it gets talked about a lot, in a lot of these articles and a lot of the the spokesperson for NAR talks about providing value. It's like, well, what? Because when I joined, when I became a real estate agent, right? I, I go to my local board, I pay my dues to get access to the MLS. And it wasn't until later for me that I found out I was a member of NAR. I had no idea I was even a member of NAR. It was like, this is what you owe. I just paid the money to get my access. And it wasn't until later I found out well, you're a NAR member. You've got your nerds number, the NRDS number. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, cool, what does that mean? Well, you're a member of NAR. Well, what does that mean? Well, who are they? What do they do? And and I think that uh, for the vast majority of real estate agents, they would say the same thing. Like, I don't know specifically what I'm getting from NAR. I know that my local board level, I've got to pay these dues and it gets me access to the MLS. So my first question for you guys is this. If you had a choice, let's just say the NAR membership is X dollars, but you had a choice to say, hey, you can still have your MLS access through your local MLS, and you have the option to pay these extra fees to get something from NAR, would you guys do it or would you not? And so, Dominic, I'm going to go to you first. All right. Well... I appreciate that, Brandon. Thank you. And the first thing that comes to mind, yeah, it's it's a little murky exactly what it is that you're paying for, but help help me understand. One of uh, NAR is uh, basically a, an organization that says that they are working on behalf of real estate agents, and most of what they do is happening in the background. It's not something that we would normally know about, but I think. The most recent example, that most recent glaring example, is that that uh, when the world shut down for COVID, NAR went to bat for real estate agents and uh, made a pretty strong case that the transactions of real estate were, uh, in fact, um, a necessary deemed, and needed service. Yeah, we were we, we became essential, and that kept us in business for what turned out to be some of the busiest years in the real estate industry, and so. I don't know that I would uh, want to separate myself from NAR uh, without knowing a little bit more about exactly what they're doing on a day-to-day -day basis, but that was a pretty big deal for me. 
Well, that, that's a great point. And I think that's that's the question is, what is it that they do? That That's the question mark. That's the magnifying glass. Of the hundreds of millions of dollars that this this trade association, it's the biggest one in the country, by the way. 1.5 um, million members. Yeah, it's the biggest trade association in the country. The question is, what is it that we get in exchange? To your point, there's a lot of value from from the position of of what they do and how they lobby to to protect protect real estate agents. Um, but this is let me just add this, Ben. I want to get your thoughts. This is, I think, the issue for me, Dom. Is I don't know what else that they do. So in the response to this, all right, the spokesman for NAR said that its members can decide what's best for them as laid out as he laid out the benefits he said NAR provides its membership. Now, if you're like me, I'm like, oh, cool. Tell me about those benefits. Here's what he said. Brokerages are independent legal entities that make their own business decisions. It is incumbent on every realtor association, local, state, and nationwide to continue to communicate and provide value to our members. If these brokers continue to find to provide or to continue to find the value that we provide, then they will continue to be part of the association. It's like you didn't say anything. What is the value? What is it? You know, it's like speaking in circles. So, Ben, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I, I'm I'm with Dominic. I need to understand a little bit more where the money's going. Right? You look at some of these companies that have left. I mean. Redfin left, which I know we're going to get into that, but you look at it oh, since 2017, it's like something like 13, 14, 15 million dollars, right? So it's like, where's that money going? What are they really doing? What's needed? What's not? Um, and so for me to pay 500 bucks a year just to have access to something that I feel like I should have access to and am paying for anyway. Um, I feel like it's either redundant or just unnecessary. Yeah. Well, and, and again, I just think the question, I, I think that with all the scandals coming out about NAR and, and the leadership issues that they're having and um, Remax, any, I mean, you're talking about hundreds of thousands of agents now leaving the association. Um, the, the question is exactly what you guys are posing. What is that value proposition? Because for the longest time, it was almost like just this pay-to-play thing. You just paid your dues, and uh, no one really ever thought about it. You know, no one ever really thought about. It. But what's putting the magnifying glass on this whole thing are these commission lawsuits. It's like, well, wow, it's people asking questions that we've never asked before. It's us digging into things that we've never asked before. It's leaders in the industry challenging the status quo for the first time in decades. That's what's happening. So much so that, like anywhere, right, Century 21 and all their affiliates, Remax also came out and said uh, that they'll no longer require its affiliates to follow NARS Code of Ethics or the MLS Handbook. To me, this is the bigger story. This is what I want to spend some time on. Dominic, that's what you started to get into before we started the show. So a couple things, all right? So now you've got... Um, you've got... Anywhere in its affiliates, you've got Remax. Who who else knows who's going to follow suit? Coming out and say, "Listen, we are no longer requiring our agents to offer any compensation 
in the MLS for buyer cooperation. Up until this point, that's what this whole lawsuit's about. The whole rule in the handbook was that if you are going to participate in the MLS, you must offer a buyer agent compensation. Now, that could be a penny, that could be a dollar, but you must offer something. However, what's crazier is even NAR came out last week and said, our interpretation of our own rule has changed. And now NAR is saying that listing brokers can indeed offer zero compensation for a buyer's agent. So, uh, Dominic, I want to go back to you for a second because you had said something uh, before the show, and, I, and I've got some thoughts on that. But but how did you take this? Yeah, I mean, that one, well, that one piece aside that you are now able to offer zero as opposed to one dollar, in my, my interpretation of the notes and, and the various statements by these organizations that are separating themselves from NAR, um, I don't see a whole lot else changing. This is just reinforcement of things that have already been in place, but we're, we're placating to these lawsuits to some degree by now openly and publicly stating what has already been true, apart from the ability to offer zero instead of $1 as compensation. So my my counter argument to that would be I I I completely disagree. I mean here here's what I know to be true. Here's what I know that up until this point any broker owner says to his or her agents who says you cannot offer less than this percentage in at our company because we do not want the perception to be a discount broker. And so you saw almost well all listings at these brokerages not be $1. I mean, when's the last time you saw $1 or a penny? Off? Never, never, exactly. Never. never. So, never. Why, so why is that though? Because the brokers are enforcing this, this rule, uh, number one. And then number two, it's because the brokers didn't want this perception to be a discount brokerage. My point is now that these brokers are being exposed to this, that they no longer can have that argument with their agents. That's why they're coming out and saying this. Now agents have free reign to offer no compensation. And the MLS, NAR, or their broker now are, are, are publicly saying, yes, you can do this. You can negotiate commissions as you see fit. Whereas before, agents couldn't do that. You know, It was so standardized. So hmm. that's my counter argument. So go ahead. What do you, Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Well, I, I just had some thoughts on that. And my, my thought was that could it be that if previous to now you you were certainly allowed to enter a listing into the MLS and only offer a dollar compensation to a buyer's agent, how many buyer's agents would come running to your listing to show it if you did that? Yeah, zero. Zero. Yeah. And, and so I've been allowed to do that. I guess I haven't ever actually tried it because I want buyer's agents to come and look at my listing. <laughs> And so whatever commission I previously negotiated with a seller, whether it was 6% or 5.5% or 5%, I just gave the maximum amount that I could to a buyer's agent to encourage them to come and see my listing. But I, I don't ever recall a broker saying, Dominic, you've got to offer 3%. Now, obviously, they don't want to give the perception that we're a discount broker. And there was undoubtedly an, an undercurrent of that at the brokerages. But there was never any sort of mandatory written policy about it. 
And you probably never dealt with it because you never did it. But I'm saying from a from a from a broker's perspective, where I'm getting asked every day by my agents, it's, yeah, yeah. If you were to ask your broker today, hey, can I just offer zero dollars in your MLS? Why don't you try it? And tell no, us, I don't want to. No, 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 you don't want to. I know you don't want to. I'm saying ask your broker if they would allow you to, and see okay. the response. You've never dealt with it in your career because you've never done it. What I'm right. saying is most agents. I mean, we hear it all the time with the agents that we coach. My broker won't let me do this. My broker won't let me do that. My broker won't let me do this. My broker won't let me do that. What I'm saying is when Remax comes out and says, we no longer will require our affiliates or agents to follow NARS code of ethics, which is massive, or the MLS handbook. What I'm saying is this gives agents more autonomy. You believe it, it gives them the same autonomy. I'm saying it's massively different because let me give you another example. We're just talking about buyer agent com- commission. What about this one? What about the uh, in in the code of ethics, the whole thing around um, non competition? In other words, that you're not allowed to go after properties that are listed with another agent until they expire. If Remax and these other companies are saying you no longer have to follow that, like other countries. That opens up the gate for agents to be able to prospect your sellers that are under contract with Dominic. That's also a code of ethics. So they're saying the hell with that too. So there's a lot more than just offering a commission. This is massively different to me. How would you respond to that, Dom? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Dom, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, doing away with the entire code of ethics, I don't... I see that Remax is stating that, but I don't see that that's going to stick in the industry. I know they do that in other places around the world. I have a hard time believing that there's not going to be just a reshaping of a code of ethics that these brokerages across the country adhere to. I mean, how can we have a professional organization without a code of ethics that we're going to adhere to? Well, because there's a counter argument to that, right? So there's always two sides. If if I'm if I'm gonna and I'm not saying I don't disagree with you or I don't agree with you, but I'm saying here's the other here's the argument to that, it's specifically around this um, this rule that says you cannot, you know, solicit a listing with another agent. Well, why not? Why is because maybe that's worse for you, but is it better or worse for the consumer? If 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 I if you're not getting the job done, and I search in my MLS for all listings that have been in the market for over 90 days. And the average time on market is 30 days. And I can clearly communicate to the seller that there's an issue here. You know, uh, why isn't that better for the seller? Yeah. And I, I would say to you that um, every other industry that I'm aware of, the cable company, the phone company, yes. the satellite company, they all do that. They call you constantly. That's exactly right. Well that you have a contract with somebody else. Now, um, as a consumer, do I find it bothersome? And have I ever decided to make a switch as a result of somebody uh, pursuing me? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I have. And I could see a place now where somebody's selling a piece of real estate or working with a real estate agent in some other way could be persuaded to make a change by somebody they're not currently working with. Um, that's a whole other can of worms. Yeah. But but I mean, again, it just, it's just this whole code of ethics that's been just because that's where I'm, I'm trying to have an open mind to this whole thing. Just because mm-hmm. we've been doing something for so long, does that make it the right thing to do? And when you start to ask questions, you start to say, wow, I never thought about it that way. 
I go back to, and Ben, I want to get your thoughts on this whole thing too. I go back to what you said too, Dom, about, well, I do want to offer buyer agent compensation so they come and show my property. A counter argument to that would be, here's the Cobra effect to that. Wouldn't it be better? Wouldn't it be better that if that all the buyers come directly to the agent who represents the seller directly? It's an argument to be had. Wouldn't that be better than a buyer's agent who doesn't know anything about the seller, doesn't know anything about the house, doesn't know anything about the renovations, doesn't know anything showing this house blindly to, to a consumer who doesn't know anything? Who can provide the buyer more value in that conversation? The listing agent or the buyer's agent that doesn't know anything, right? And so now who's protecting who? Who is who's who's better for the seller to have that conversation? An agent that doesn't know anything about the house or the agent that they've hired to represent them and their property? So that's the counter argument to that. That one would say, well, it's better for the seller and it's better for the buyer for both parties to deal directly with the agent who's representing the person selling the damn house and represents the property itself. Ben, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I mean, that specifically, I couldn't agree agree more with. Um, the, the, the thing that I don't understand, like exactly how we're going to go through the transition, just like Dom was talking about, if you didn't put 3% or 2.7, whatever your market standard was for representing a buyer, you knew you were harming the seller because the, the, the buyer's agent would be um, you know, maybe more enticed to promote a different listing or show a different listing. So if all of a sudden we go to zero, people start promoting this zero, like how do you see that? Do you see um, uh, buyers quickly catching on and going straight to the listing agent to get the information? Or do you see um, sellers continuing to promote the same industry standard that's not now a standard um, to try and entice people to come? Like, how do we navigate that or how do we educate buyers on that? Well, it's happening now. Just more in the news? More, no, no. I'm saying what's happening now is buyers are going directly to the listing agent before any of this was even going to change. Yeah, people have been doing it forever, but forever. it's not the standard. And I would say it happens more on a certain price point than than others because here's people what I would don't tell know you. how it works. Here, here's my argument. In yeah. doing this for nearly 20 years, some people are not going to like what I'm about to say, and that's okay. I'm just, I'm just speaking based on what I believe, and people are entitled to their own opinion. In my belief, I think that, that someone that is shopping for a property wants to get as close to... They would prefer to just talk directly to the seller, to get it right from the seller, to get the facts about the property, because... I would argue the fact that buyer's agents are not equipped with the right information to give to their clients that these buyers are able to make the educated decision. How many times are you having buyer's agents call you, Dom, and say, how old's the roof? And how old's this? And how old's this? And when did they do this? And when did the seller do that? When did they move in? They're just relaying they the information. They're just relaying information. So the argument is they're just in the freaking way. And so yeah. if that was just removed... And the buyer can just have direct access to the source. Maybe buyers would have more confidence. Maybe buyers would, would because they have more information. 
be able to make different decisions. But because everything's you know watered down through he said, she said, through this buyer's agent that just opened the door, they don't know anything. They don't know anything about the property whatsoever. Um, so I, I go bet to a you, listing. Well, just real quick, I, I bet you that most buyers, if you gave them the option, hey, listen, you can you can either do one of two things. You can get all your questions answered directly from the seller, like how much the fees are, how much the dues are, what does this cover? Or you can ask your agent. I, I don't know. I think people would rather have the truth from the source. like Because it's always, well, ask them this. Can, can I just ask this? You know what I mean? So Dominic, how do you see that? Yeah, I don't disagree with you about that. And to, to Ben's point earlier, I think if as long as there's an option, uh, there's going to be this uh, constant pull to want to offer a buyer's agent the opportunity to come and show your property. There's there's that side of it, right? If we cut it off and just said, hey, you know what? You're not allowed to, like buyer's agents are gone. You're not allowed, there's no more buyer's agents. We're not paying buyer's agents anymore. Then it would instantly be like what you're saying, Brandon, where the consumer goes straight to the source. They're going to get all the information right from the listing agent and the buyer's agents would just go away. But as long as there's an option, as long as there's a choice, I think that the progression towards going straight through the listing agent is definitely going to be a slow one. Well, let me ask you another question then. Sure. So so here's, if 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 you were to interview sellers, a lot, all of them, and you and and you ask them this question: When you hired the listing agent, at the time you hired the listing agent, who did you believe was going to be the agent selling your home? I would say the vast majority believe that it's the listing agent that are going to be doing the selling of the home, and it's not until later that they find out another agent is involved. I that that would be my belief. So that's a good question. That's an excellent question, and I. I I guess I haven't ever thought about it, probably because of the way that I interact with clients. You know, I tell I telegraph to them right up front: "You're hiring me to expose your property to." In my market, there's eight thousand agents, and you are hiring me to present your property, make the strongest case possible to the marketplace, and encourage one of these other seven thousand nine hundred ninety-nine agents out there who are all working with three buyers. To come and see your house. Now, I tell them, look, I'll, I'll love to be the guy to sell it. And if my marketing catches the eye of a of a of a buyer that doesn't have somebody that they're working with, great, we all win. If probably one of these other eight thousand agents is out there hunting for something for their clients because they've got uh, they've got a stake in the game as well. They're probably going to be the one that comes and finds it. But but I say that up front, so I don't know. It's a good question, Brandon. Here's so my here's is, my. Here's my counter. When you say these other agents are hunting, how is it that they actually got notified of your property? Yeah, through the MLS. And how did their buyer get notified? Through a search set up by their agent. Well, actually, you know what? Let me stop. Probably these days, they found it through a third-party website like Zillow yeah, or That's or my point. And, yeah. and here's my point. Who was the one who initiated the showing 99% of the time? Was it the buyer? Or yes. the buyer's agent who proactively reached out and said, hey, this new thing just hit the market. It's per No, never. 
It's always the buyer saying, Dominic, this one just hit. Can you get us in there tonight? Is that oh, fair? I'm kind of busy. I agree. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. So it's like hunting. I don't think so. I, I so think that's the buyer's I Go ahead, Ben. Yeah. So I think based on your point, it's like sellers think the listing agent's selling it. However, I, and tell me, this is a question. Do you believe that buyers feel like they have to go through a buyer's agent to access all these properties? I feel like buyers are, are they don't understand how it works. Correct. So I, I think most buyers are oblivious. They don't really get it. And so yep. that's the other argument I would make is whether they're calling the listing agent or they have their agent, they don't really understand the context of how it actually works. And so to them, if we had, to your point, Dominic, some type of process where listing agents had to handle buyers a certain way, something like dual agency where, where, where the buyer would prefer, in my opinion, to go to the agent who's representing the seller. If they had a choice. That's what it's I believe. It's an education thing, I think. It's simply like, this is the way that you can access the listing. And instead of booking an appointment and getting put with an agent through Zillow, right now you get access through the internet, which is of all times, it's the easiest of all time to find the property and get connected with the seller agent. That's right. That's right. It's just, it's going to be interesting, you know? Um, so, so let's just, let's kind of recap, N not recap, but like sum up kind of where we're at, right? So we have a lot of these companies that are doing two things. A, they're saying, okay, we don't know if we're going to be associated with, with NAR because we're questioning the value that we get from these companies in exchange for what we pay. As a result of that, we're also saying that our agents right now are not no longer required to follow these NAR guidelines or these NAR code of ethics. In fact, so much so that NAR, again, this is the big this was the biggest one for me. NAR came out this uh and said themselves that in sudden reversal, NAR says listing brokers can now offer 0% compensation. I believe, Dominic, this is a massive, massive announcement. I don't, when you say there's nothing different or what's different, nothing's changed. Well, the thing that's, that changes for me is they said the difference between one penny and $0 is negl uh, uh, negligible. Negligible. Yeah. So for years, NAR has maintained that in order to comply with the participation rule, which is why these lawsuits exist, listing brokers must offer something in compensation to buyer brokers, often saying it could be as little as a penny or a dollar. Now, the trade group is offering a new interpretation, saying listing brokers can offer nothing and still comply with the rule. Well, those are words, but what, what, I, what, what people say is often different than what they do, and what they do is proof of what they believe. I just haven't seen... I mean, I could check right now. We both could all log into our MLSs, and I couldn't find a listing with zero compensation. It'd be tough to find that right now. It'd be really tough. So all, I, all I'm saying is as a result of this, if, if, okay, so now let's get real practical. What I'm saying as a result is, okay, if I'm an agent out there and I want to build a listing-based business and now I have the opportunity and my broker is in support of this, this is my question for you, Dom. 
This is, this is the whole thing. And you can go to a listing appointment tonight and you can win the listing at 3% versus now having to charge 5 or 6%. What are you doing? And you get paid the same. You see? So, so this is, um, this is the kind of, how would I, how, what's a good analogy for this? Because the long game suggests that that's the right path. But the Which short, is the right path? To, 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 uh, to, to go to a listing appointment and take the listing at 3% and say, hey, I'm going to sell your house. That's right. I'm going to be the guy that's going to sell your house. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save you the 3%. We don't need these knucklehead buyer's agents to come and show your house. I'm going to take care of everything. I know everything about the property because I'm talking to you about it directly. And okay. buyers are going to come to me. But I'm going to be competing with other agents who are going to ask for more money. They're going to ask the seller to pay 6% in exchange for the other 8,000 agents in my market to come and show their properties. And while that's still a thing, I think I'd be, uh, I'd be, I'd be pushing the boulder uphill for a while anyway, if I suggested to my clients that, hey, look, we don't need a buyer's agent, so we're gonna offer them zero. I think that'd I totally be a disagree. tough transition. I totally disagree because going back to my uh, my argument two minutes ago, how is the buyer contacting their buyer's agent? It's because they're getting notified of the listing. So if I'm a listing agent, I, I get the the whole argument of like, man, that's a risky move for the listing agent and the seller. You got all these eight thousand agents who'd be bringing a buyer. We'll go back to the conversation five minutes ago. How did that buyer find out about the property? Was it through their buyer's agent? We all said no. So if I'm listing a property, that person gets notified the same way they do today. They're just calling me instead of you. So instead of calling Dominic saying, hey, this one just really hit the market. It's really nice. Can you show it to us? And they have to go around your schedule and your kid's schedule, blah, 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 get you on the phone. They just call me direct. What's the difference? So do I advertise my property as, hey, dump your buyer's agent, call me directly? No, no, no. Wait, what? Dump your buyer's agent, call me directly? Yeah, so, no, I'm saying... So if I've got a listing, if I take a listing tonight and I'm no longer offering to pay a buyer's agent, how do I advertise that? What do you mean advertise it? So what I'm saying is, here, here's what I'm saying. You list the property tonight. It's going to go out to all these websites which we agreed, that's how all buyers find out about the property. Correct. In, in this new world, if this buyer, if there were no buyer's agents, or even if there was, if, if they had to choose and calling my buyer's agent meant that I was going to have to pay you, or I can just call the listing agent directly, I, I think the buyer's agent is calling the listing agent directly. And it's, oh, watch this, watch this. And or, let's just say nothing changes. There are still buyer's agents. Now your client calls you and they say, Dominic, we found the one, right? We, we all agree that's what's happening now. And the listing agent's not offering you compensation. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to tell your client? The perfect house? Oh, they're not offering compensation. I'm not showing it to you. What are you going to do? Bullshit. Then that person goes, all right, well, F you, Dom, because you're a commodity. That's the yep. truth. Yep. And yep. they go right to the listing agent anyways. Yeah, that certainly could happen. No, I, I don't argue that that could happen. I, I, I believe you. Um, and that would be one way 
to slowly but surely through attrition, get rid of buyer's agents. Well, that's why I think that the doubt, the, the risk to the seller isn't, isn't um, pertinent. Now, again, there are gonna be a lot of people in the comments of this video that see it differently. That's fine. But I'm speaking directly in terms of the interest of my seller. I don't believe that you know if this whole thing goes the way I think it's going and there's no offer of buyer agent compensation, I don't think the risk is that high. And quite frankly, uh, I, I would prefer to handle the, the conversations because it's better for me too. It's better for me and my seller. Because if I have sure. all these sellers that are coming to me, this was one of the big key takeaways from one of the agents that we coach in Australia that I never even thought about. He said, lead generation takes care of itself in a market like this. And I never got what he said until like recently because he said, if all the consumers are going to the property, like we just talked about, you list mm -hmm. a home, all the consumers come to you if they want that home, you get all the leads, all these people that have to sell a house in order to purchase a home, you get so many more listings as a result of getting listings. Yeah. Whereas right now, you're losing that to their buyer's agent, right? So if they have to sell, they, that's how these buyer's agents are getting listings. They buy all these buyer leads and whatever listings they get as a result, that's how they get their listings. So th that'd be my perspective. Yeah, Ben, what were you going to say on that? Um, no, nothing. I was going to ask you like, you know, we're sitting at the kitchen table. I'm the seller. And to Dom's point, we're in mm. this transition. Hey, Brandon, like I, I I don't want to pay an extra 10 grand in commission to a buyer's agent. Brandon, are there any risks for us not doing it? Not, you know, would it keep us from getting more buyers, making more commission? What would your response be? Yeah. So that's exactly what I was going to say. It's like, well, why don't we go and try it? We can always come back. And if, if that's the thing that's going to keep the house from selling, not offering a buyer agent commission, what's, uh, what's prohibiting us from, from offering it later if we can't to, to prove the theory? Because you're exactly right. You're going to have to have a seller to say, because you're not getting the compensation, Dom. You're not, you're not getting any of it. So if you have a seller right. says, well, I'm hiring you. Like, let's see where your skills are at. Why don't we try it at 3%? And then if you can't sell it, well, that brings up the first point I made. Maybe you're not the guy. Number one. Number two, if if I just see, see, that brings up the whole other argument. The whole other argument is if that was the case, if that was what was selling homes, the offering of buyer agent commission, which I don't think it is. I guess that's my argument. I don't think there's a lot of downside risk, but you'd have to prove it out. You know, you'd have to prove it out. Where let's let's list it at three percent. Let me do my thing. Let me handle all the, the conversations with all the buyers directly. And if that doesn't work, then we'll go offer a buyer agent commission. And because that that also assumes that also assumes that buyers agents are out there are blatantly blatantly choosing to not show properties that don't offer compensation, which now you open up a whole nother legal battle, right? Go ahead, Don. So that's actually in the comments. Uh, it is. From part of this settlement is they are, are going to prohibit agents from sorting listings based on whether or not there's buyer's agent compensation. They'll probably take it out of the MLS. Yeah. So can anybody afford to buy leads anymore? <laughs> 
That's a you get tagged by somebody. Now we're talking about that this morning, Ben. What happens to Zillow? Right. Yeah. But I go. But I go back down to like some of the viewpoints at the earlier of the conversation. Yeah. Now that we come full circle, how do you still argue the fact of like, okay, so let me get real, real uh, clear. Do you still argue the fact that it's better for the seller to pay a buyer agent commission? Yeah, as 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 the market and as our program stands today, I would say yes. If we are going to transition, if 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 things go the way that it seems like they are heading and we're going to end up in a market more like Australia, then yeah, it's it's clear that the better case because I believe in Australia, you can still offer a buyer's agent commission. Nobody did, no, nobody does it, and a and a a buyer can pay a buyer's agent. They just typically don't do it. It's it's just a single right. digit percentage of buyers that choose to pay a buyer's agent. And how so is it better in that direction? Pardon. Tell me, tell me, how is it better for the seller to to offer the buyer agent commission one more time? Yeah, well, right now in this market where you're competing with other sellers who are offering a buyer's agent commission and you have all these buyers who are still working with agents, you are going to get more exposure. Now, to your point, if you uh, produce a list, if I took a listing tonight and in the comments, I said buyers call sellers, uh, selling, uh, seller's agent directly, um, no, I probably would get some calls from that and we would do away with the buyer's agent, but I think it's going to be a slow transition. It's not going to happen like that overnight. So did I not so, answer so, your question? Sorry. I think so, but I just want to go back to, you say it's better for the seller to pay a buyer agent commission because the way it's done today, all these people have an agent that they're dealing with. Yeah. And, and, and to add to that, there's also a belief uh, on the consumer's oh. part, I believe that there is a certain amount of advocacy attached to working with a buyer's agent that has their best interest uh, at heart. That doesn't necessarily mean that the buyer's agent is the one going to identify the right property for them, but there's more to a transaction than that. So that's what I was going to say. So you believe, based on that, that if a buyer agent were to, f uh, a buyer, were to let a buyer's agent know about a property that was not offering compensation based on your argument, you would believe that that buyer agent would not show them the property because you're, you're just saying they have their best interest in heart. But you, you're saying it would get them more, if we offered a buyer agent commission, mm -hmm. it would get us more exposure because of all these agents that work with these buyers. Mm -hmm. So on the same time, by saying that, you're saying that a property that doesn't would get less exposure then as a result of that argument. I am I am making that precise argument, yes. And and because it would get less exposure because you believe that if a buyer's agent got a phone call and Ben's the buyer, mm -hmm. and Ben says, Dom, I found this property just at Zillow, it's the perfect one. You look at the MLS, MLS says zero compensation that you believe buyer's agents would say, I'm not showing you that property, it's not offering commission. Uh, I don't believe that is a black and white statement. No, I believe that many agents, including myself, in order to get my client the house that they wanted, would go and show it essentially for nothing. But I don't believe that all agents would do that. But the exposure would be the same. 
That's my argument. Because yeah, in both of those, going to be seen by the same number of people. If by exposure you mean it's going to be on Zillow the same way it is now, with or without buyer's agent compensation, then that is true. But if buyers are working with a buyer's agent and they recognize that, hey, I know you've shown us uh, 300 properties here, but this one's not offering to pay you anything at all. Um, I think that there's going to be a reduced number. I don't think 100% of buyers would just cornhole their agents uh, if they found the right property for them. I don't believe 100% of buyers would do that. Do you believe that buyer, most buyers know how their agents get paid? No. I don't That's my point that too. So I don't think any buyer would ever say what you just said because they have no clue how their agent's getting paid. Right. So they don't even, they're not thinking about their agent. Believe me. When they're saying this is you. the house on Zillow, they're not yeah. thinking about their agent's commission. I promise. Yeah. So my counter argument to yours is the exposure is the same. The mm -hmm. buyers don't know how agents get paid. And even if they knew how they get paid, I, I don't know anybody who would not get into the home of their dreams with inventory being as low as it is because they want to protect Bob's commission. Yeah. Well, that, that's not an interesting job, caveat that you, really like you said. Yeah. Given, given the extremely low inventory environment, back to what Ben said at the very beginning, and I think you said as well, Brandon, is that is in this current environment, we are seeing an uptick of buyers go straight to the listing agent because they believe that that's how they're going to be able to secure the home. What happens when we get back into a situation where where we have excess inventory and the market is moving very slowly and we, we don't have this urgency to get into the house right away that, like we've had the last couple of years? Well, I would just ask one question. What's sure. more what's better? What's what's more likely for you, Mr. Buyer, mm -hmm. uh, for you to get this property? To negotiate directly for yourself? with the seller's agent who represents the seller or through a third party agent that may or may not know anything about the seller or the seller's home. What, what do you think is better for your interest? For the seller? No, for you, the buyer. Oh, for me, the buyer. That's, a, that's an interesting question again, because I just don't think it's black and white. Um, I think if there was a case where it was absolutely necessary that I deal directly with the seller, then I would deal directly with the seller. And it's going to be best man wins, just like it is in these markets that don't have buyer's agency. And furthermore, the whole thing that we're going is, is consumer choice. That's the thing I think people, you can't debate. And so the other choice that buyers per, perhaps get, get uh, posed every day, it's like, you can use a buyer's agent if you want. You just have to pay them 10,000 out of your pocket versus just go to the listing agent. You don't have to pay anything which is more likely that the buyers would choose, you know? And so these are things I think about, you know, it's, I, I get the protection and I, and I tend to think like you do too, Dom. I'm just, I've really been trying to think on the opposing side of this, been trying to really open my mind to it. And it, when you start to do it, when you start to look at arguments that are against your own, you start to come across, at least I'm starting to come across some really interesting questions I don't have answers to. You know, it's like, geez, I don't know. I mean, if buyer Bob was posed with, hey, you got two options here. You can go and call the seller's agent directly and ask all the questions about the property, or you can pay your agent 15000 out of your pocket to go open the door. 
I don't know. I don't know well, what that person would be. Like that, if, when you position it like that and it's that cut and dry, um, I think it's obvious that most buyers, I mean, most buyers that we work with, except at the upper level, don't they don't have the means to pay their own agent a commission out of their pocket. Like they're barely getting into a house as is. Like right. they, don't, they don't have that ability. And so the, yeah, the, the whole the whole original agreement with NAR and buyer's agency was set up as a as a an organization wherein, hey, I've got a listing. You help me sell mine, I'll help you sell yours. And and here's my last argument for this this whole buyer agent value argument that we're having. This is like the one I was waiting for the end. <laughs> okay. If if an agent argues so much so the value of of buyer agency, why is it so rare? that agents get a buyer agency contract the first day they talk to a buyer the same way they do with the seller. If it is so valuable, why do agents continue to show properties that they don't have contracts with buyers? Dom, let me go to you and get your your thoughts on that. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that's a great question. And you know, I, I would say that that has got a lot to do with how poorly agents are trained and how little they how little they value their own services. Uh, yeah. Each agent, I mean, I can point to agents that 100% require buyer's agency in place before they run around showing properties. But I would suggest that the majority of our industry is happy just to go running fa-la-la with, with, with buyers who may or may not ever work with them to showing them houses based on hopium. That's right. And, and that, I guess that's my last argument because I agree. It's the exception that agents do what you talked about. It's the standard practice. It's very rare until a buyer makes an offer on a property, which goes back to my first point. What did the, the person came to this whole thing after the listing hit the market? And it's not until that person writes an offer that they're signing anything. Well, why is that? I mean, Mr. Buyer's agent, why, why, why do you have such an issue going to this buyer with all the value you're providing and ask them to sign a contract. Why? Why do you only have them ask sign a contract when they're writing an offer on a property? You know, and I believe a lot of agents would have a tough time selling me, let alone the buyer on the value they provide that would warrant a contract in place. That is what I believe to be the truth. You know, and Go ahead, ben. If, if you've seen situations where the uh, buyer has an agreement in place, goes to an open house on the weekend, writes an offer with the listing agent, it's very rare that the brokerage enforces that that buyer perform on that buyer rep contract. Yeah, in my experience, happens all the time. People getting cheated. They're getting so it's like, like that's why people don't get a sign because they're like it actually doesn't mean anything. Yeah. I know it's 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 super interesting. Um, anyways, I I think that this is monumental for the industry to see where this whole thing is is going to get, you know, shaken out. I think as a result, my my last piece on this is if we go the direction that a lot of these companies are offering to go before a judge even makes them do it, is is I think that the new landscape. Regardless of what happens, it's just that there, there's a lot less agents in the marketplace. The, the days of just getting your license and doing this as a part-time hobby, it will be so hard for that person to generate revenue 
because it's so easy for you to get your license, show a few properties the way that it is today, open some doors and get a $10,000 check. I just believe that, that those days are limited. And I believe that as a result, when the, when the dust settles, that we come out of this and perhaps it's better for the consumer, perhaps it's better for the agents, but I think it's going to be a professional's market. Then in order to get paid a lot of money in this industry, you're going to have to be a real professional who provides real value to the consumer that the consumers are willing to pay for. And if you cannot do that, the days of just unlocking a lockbox, oh, you guys like it? I'll write an offer for you. I think those days are limited. Your guys' thoughts on that? Anything you guys want to add lastly? Absolutely. The barrier to entry, to your point, will have to go up um, if these changes continue. And I think it will be a lot of what we've talked about. It's, it's just going to be the dominoes will continue to fall and it will quickly change how once people start have to start writing checks to to make this happen and keep moving forward, it'll it'll rapidly change. Yeah. Listing a property is so there's so many moving parts that I think that the part-time weekend warrior, you know, that again helps two of their friends a year buy a house. It's gonna be tough for them to pay all the fees and and afford to stay in the business when there is no compensation for that type of work anymore. Dom? Yeah, uh, I I agree that the value of a listing agent is extremely high. And I don't I don't disagree with many of your arguments. I would suggest though, my my final counterpoint would be that I don't believe that these brokerages, Remax, anywhere, any any of these organizations are necessarily agreeing to these changes because they believe it's better for the consumer. That's not the case. And that is suggested by Nick Bailey and as well as the president of anywhere. They said verbatim in their statements, um, you know, at this time, we believe that protecting the network from costly litigation and the risk of further damages makes this settlement the right course of action. It says nothing about it being better for the consumer. Yeah, I don't disagree at all. This is this is this is the whole game of litigation. It's risk versus reward. Yeah. And so if they if you offer to settle, it's because you believe the yeah. tables have turned and you are going to lose. And if you lose, right. it's going to be a lot more than what you're offering to settle for. So that's that's the game of litigation. And you're exactly right. I mean, make no mistake. These executives are saying, well, it's the chicken of the egg. We can pay, Remax is saying, I can pay $55 million now, or I can pay $700 million if we lose, and I'm not willing to find out. Anywhere, same thing. I can do $88 million today, but if I lose, that's probably a bill. Yeah, I'm not going to pay the bill. I'll, let me do the $88 million and get out of this thing. So, so yeah, so Dominic, you bring... Go ahead. So why aren't they saying, hey, we believe that this change is going to be better for the consumer? Why don't they say that? From what context do you ask that? Like, what are you, like, what are you suggesting? Well, I don't suggest in any of these statements that were, are being made with regard to the settlement that any of these companies that are that that are that are oversee these brokerages, none of them are saying we recognize at this time that. This is, in fact, going to be better for the consumer in the long run. None of them are saying that. They're all just mm -hmm. saying, okay, we tap out. We don't want to go broke under litigation. I agree. I agree with you. So what's the, I'm sorry, what's the, I, because this, this whole lawsuit is, 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 is uh, 
Yeah. So what's the question? There's no question. It's a statement. The statement is that I, I, well, I'm just reading it. It's not whether I believe it or not. Is that these <laughs> yeah. brokerages, they're tapping out. They're just saying, okay, well, well, you know what? Um, fine. We, we're not, we're not agreeing that this is better for the consumer. We're just going to change. We're just going to state these practices and keep moving forward. Absolutely. And so what we're talking about is at, what does this mean as a result? What is our opinion as a result of them making these decisions? And I think that's what we're talking about. Um, I didn't know if you were saying, well, was there an argument to be made that they're deciding to do this for the consumer's standpoint? Well, no, they would have done that a long time ago. I agree with you hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, okay. We're on the same page with that. Then. Yeah. So, yeah. All the debate is, is to say, this is where we see it going. It doesn't mean right. it's necessarily better for the buyer. It's absolutely not like having to pay out of your pocket. You know what I mean? Like, so the well, argument that, that is the debatable part. The, the it, debate, is, it is, but yeah. to the, what, what's Go happening ahead. is all the content that's being, I think this is what your point is, Dom. What, what, what my whole intention is with this information is to not debate why it's happening or if it's right or if it's wrong. I'm saying in a new landscape, that's what we have to start thinking about and giving our interpretations of what the new landscape looks like, giving our opinion on what we believe is better or worse as a result of some of these recent um, things happening in the industry. That's the way I'm right. thinking about it. I have yeah. zero doubt in my head that these executives are sitting there and it's simply a question of f finances, period, end of story. Yep, yep. And so under that context, um, preparing oneself for yes. the new landscape of the real estate industry, you better get good at securing listings and getting them sold in uh, a time that amounts to the same as or less than the average days on market or someone's going to be hunting your business. Yeah, well said. So yeah, become a great listing agent. And lucky for us, that's what we do, right? We help agents become listing specialists. So anyway, uh, very good. as more comes out, we'll report on some of this. But uh, thank you guys so much.